Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Anyway, all right, you ready for the word? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by just kind of going over the scripture that uh, we talked about last week. And in 2 Peter 1, uh, verses 2 through 4, It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now we talked through all all this stuff last week, uh, but I just want to refresh our memories on this scripture that his divine power, his power has given to us all things that pertain to life, to live like him and to just live, to be alive. And it's done through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And it says by him who called us, he called us by his glory and his virtue, by how good he is. That is how he called us. And, and, and by his glory. And that, in that, as you study this, it also means it's, it's like this. It, it kind of wraps around and it's like by his glory and virtue, but also to his, like bringing you to, like calling you in to his glory and virtue. And it says, by which have been giving, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Not just Simple little promises, but great and precious. By his glory and virtue, by his power, he has given us these promises. And his word, and I said last week, I'm going to give you a whole recap. It's like watching, you know, a TV show before. They have to show you what happened the past couple of weeks, you know? It's like, just refresh your memory. But by those things that he has given us this these exceedingly great and precious. They're not just great, but they're precious. They're holy, these promises. And his promise is true. His word does not come back void. He doesn't go back on what he says. Those things, those promises that he's spoken over you, those things will come to pass. He is not a liar. And it says that through these things, through these great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine, that we can partake of the divine nature of who he is, that somehow we come into that divine nature, you know? Like, I I don't know how he does it, because we don't know how God does a lot of things, but, you know, like how do you make something nice out of me, you know, this hot mess? It's, it's a joke, you know, but, um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, <laughs> somehow, that through these things that he's called us in, that we can partake of that divine nature of who he is, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And I talked about it last week again. 
that, that word means the desires, our, our selfish desires, the things that, that we want, the, the things that the flesh wants. It says, having escaped those, that we're going to escape those things and come into this place where God is, that he is giving us this divine nature. So then we step into 2 Peter. Well, it's still 2 Peter, same chapter. Anyway. Then we step into chapter or verse, wow. <laughs> Morning. Am I awake? I don't know. Step into verse 5. In 2 Peter 1.5, it says, but also for this, I'm just going to read the whole thing and then we're going to dive into it, okay? But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brother, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a lot of stuff in there. He starts off and he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. For what reason? The, the reason of what he just said before in verses 2 through 4. That, we can, that, that he has brought us into this place of being a partaker of his divine nature, into his glory and virtue, that by his divine power we have been saved that we can be made whole because, whew, because he is good. But also for this very reason, it says giving all diligence. Because we are partakers of his divine nature. It says give all diligence. It doesn't say like, because he's done this for you, just, you know, you know try to do good. Try to make it. You know, I know that sometimes that's how we feel. I'm just trying to make it. But it says, because of this reason, because you are partakers of the divine nature, give all diligence to add. Add these things. That, that these things are to be added to your life. And when they're added to your life, something's going to happen. Things will happen. giving all diligence. You know, you have to be diligent and ready and willing to do something, to, to learn, to grow in order for it to happen. And see, like, we've become partakers 
We've become sons and daughters. Right? That he's brought us in. That we are heirs to his kingdom. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to continue to grow. See, there's, see my parents have four boys. And all four of us boys are sons. It doesn't matter what we do or how much we do, we are sons. But in order to be like my dad, in order to live like him, to be the man that he is, or to live how my parents have lived, to, to grow up, to be like them, there's something that needs to be added and learned and to grow in order for that to happen. And it actually continues on. You know, all of us, I know, we still talk to, to them and, and ask them questions. I call my dad, like, hey, dad, what about this? And, you know, in studying and life and all these different things and, and ask him because I'm still needing to gain that understanding and knowledge to be more like him, right? But how much more God who has brought us in to be partakers of his divine nature that you are sons. When you come to know him, put your faith in him, right? Faith is, faith is the, first, the first thing that he says. You come, believe, and have faith. Come to know him. We are sons and daughters. But then after that, we got to grow up striving to be more like him. There's nothing that changes that being a son or daughter. Like he's, he's not going to just disown you. But you have to be a student of him to be willing to learn and to grow. We won't become, become like our father unless we give all diligence. Not just a little diligence. Not just a little learning. But all, I, don't, I don't know about you. I just take these things and I don't know. I feel like, kind of like the song. You sing it over and over and over. I'm, I'm probably going to get it. All diligence. Like all of your heart and your soul and your mind to be focused on being like him and doing these things so that we can become like him. It says so, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. You come to faith, come to know him. You have faith. But it says, we need to start adding things on there. We need to grow, people. You know? We can't just stay a baby. And I, I'm sorry to say this, but if you just got faith and you don't have a bunch of other stuff that have been added onto that, you're still a baby. I know you guys have had all kinds of stuff and you're not babies anymore, but there's somebody else I'm talking about, okay? But it says, add to your faith virtue. Virtue. And it, it, his, his virtue, his standing, his, his moral compass, who he is and, and what is right by him and for him and to him. Adding to your faith virtue. 
And then adding to virtue, knowledge. Now, I went on a little bit about, about knowledge last week, and, and before and after this knowledge right here in this scripture, the word knowledge is epignosis, which means uh, perfect, uh, correct and perfect knowledge. But right here in this scripture, when it's saying add to the virtue knowledge, it's just gnosis which is just learning and knowledge. Because you can't come to epignosis, to, to perfect and correct knowledge, without learning and growing and being a student and just having an understanding of knowledge. So I love it because he says, up above he's like, having a correct and perfect knowledge of God is, is, is what's going to help bring us to this place. And right here he's saying you need to add to your faith virtue and to your vir virtue knowledge, which is not correct, but you've got to start somewhere. So add to your virtue knowledge. And the knowledge self-control. That word self-control means the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. Especially, there's like a caveat, especially his sensual appetites. But it, but it covers everything. Self-control, one that masters his desires, right? The word up, up above was lust, meant desires. Meant that the, the selfish, the, the fleshly desires. And here it's talking about self-control. Having self-control means being able to control and master those things that weren't of God and aren't of God by coming to know Him better, His virtue, learning more about Him, that knowledge. Then you can come into a place that you have self-control where you can master those desires that aren't of Him and put them in their place. You know, my dad stole this story from me, but um, I think he's preached it here and a bunch of other places. And it's this story. Uh, it's funny, but it's true, okay? He stole it. Um, he, he gives credit, okay? But... Uh, whenever our kids were, were really young, we weren't perfect parents by any means, but like one of the things that, that we tried to do with our kids is like when they were freaking out and literally like losing it, you know, uh, or even when they were just being a little bit naughty or whatever, like we'd say, do you have self-control? And of course, as a little kid, it's like, I don't even understand what you're saying, but you have to teach them, right? And teaching them that what they were doing in the moment, like losing their mind and screaming, was not having self-control. That is just doing whatever you want, your desires, trying to get what you want, and now you're freaking out. But do you have self-control? Are you able to come to the place where everything in the world doesn't freak you out? Or... Because you don't get what you want, 
you don't start screaming and crying. And, you know, one of the, the like, things that we made them do is, like, you know, because usually it's, like, especially the smaller kids, like, when they're freaking out, you know, the hands and the feet are, like, flailing. You know, but it was, like, you know, and we would sit there and show them, like, have self-control. And, like, they have to hold their hands. You know, sometimes it would take minutes um, or for miles, even, like, 30 minutes. I don't know. It was <laughs> crazy. But... You know, it's like coming to this place, like understand that you are out of control and you have the ability to have control, to have self-control. Not that you're controlling your life, but you're controlling, mastering those fleshly desires. So you see how he's adding, the, it's, it's almost like he's building on top of the faith to virtue, the virtue, then you can come to a place of, of knowledge, more uh, understanding of, of who God is and how to live. And then when you come to know more of, of who God is and how to live on top of those other things, then you can come to a place where you have self-control, where you're not ruled by your fleshly desires and just all the mess and the stuff, but you are able to be calm, cool, and collected. You know, who doesn't want to be like that? Right? And we, and we try it. Some people pride themselves on being like that. You know? Like, yeah, you're calm, cool, and collected in, in most areas of your life, maybe at work in this way or whatever, but what about your fleshly desires? Because that's what this is talking about. What, what about what the flesh wants to do? Are you calm, cool, and collected? Do you have self-control? Anyway, it's building. Are you going with me? Yes. All right. So in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7, it says, So give all diligence for this reason. Give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance. See, once you're able to, to be controlled, like control those fleshly desires, you will be able to persevere. You'll be able to, I don't know if I can make it, but it's because your emotions and your flesh are reeling and going crazy. That's why. You know, like, and, and all, all of us have, have that in us. I don't know, I was talking to somebody and saying, it's like, hey, it's all of us. The, the first thing that pops up in our minds usually is the flesh of the, the, the old you, what it was used to say and it wants to say. And we have to say, no, that's not going to happen. It's not wrong that that thought pops in your mind because it a lot of times is going to do that, especially until we get further down this road that we're going on. But what's wrong is just allowing yourself to continue down that path and just go with it. And this is saying here, it's like we get that. We need to get to that place where there's self-control, where we're like, hey, that, that thing pops up. 
devil's like, you're horrible or whatever, you know, like you did this. You, nobody likes you. You're going to do this thing and it's not what you should do. And that thing is spoken. But then you're like, uh-uh-uh. No way, that's not me. That's not who I am. Because I've been brought into this place with God, and that is no longer me. I have that self-control, and I will persevere. This says to perseverance, godliness. When coming to this place where we have perseverance, and it just makes us more like God is. Because we all know God's patient. So patient with all of us. So when we can persevere, we can step into more of being like who God is, that godliness. And it says to, to godliness, brotherly kindness. That word's Philadelphia. Brotherly, it's brotherly love. It's coming together. Because we are sons and daughters of Him, because we are adopted, that we should have a love for each other. That we should care so deeply. Right? I mean, there's different kinds of love. There's love that I have for my wife. A love that God has for us. But this is brotherly kindness. Philadelphia, it means that, that because we are brothers and sisters, we've been brought into this place that we should have this love. But if I don't have patience, perseverance, if I don't have self-control, if I don't have virtue, if I don't have any of these things, how am I going to love my brothers and sisters? How am I going to be able to speak life over them and, 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 and love them the way I should, even when they're a mess? You know, and usually the best way to control that is to say, I'm a mess, because you're a mess too. And you need to love yourself and you need to love them. And then it says, from brotherly kindness to love. Now, brotherly kindness, this love, it's just, it's, it's love. That, that we can love one another, like truly love one another and care for them. Give all diligence that these things be added to you so that you can live a life of godliness, so that you could live a life with virtue and perseverance. Give all diligence to learn these things. In verse 8, 2 Peter 1, 8. For if these things are yours and abound, this word abound, it, when you look it up, it says super abound. I don't know if you've ever looked it up before. When it says abound, and of course abound, you know, you get that feeling anyways. It's a lot. But when you look up the definition, the Greek 
It says abound. You look it up and it says, no, no, not just abound, to a superabound. To abound on top of abounding. So if these things are yours and superabound, and they are, they can be, they will be. If these things are yours and superabound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord of Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from old sins. Now, I I just got to break these words down. (laughs) Oh, abound. I did that. Barren. So, you know, we all think we know what barren means. And, and we, we do. But when we look this word up, this word barren means lazy, shunning the labor which one ought to perform. So you, you won't be barren and you won't be unfruitful. Unfruitful means without fruit or barren or not yielding what it ought to yield. So not yielding what I ought to, what you ought to be yielding. The fruit that you should have in your life, that I should have in my life. I'm not bearing that fruit, and you can't see that fruit that you ought to be seeing in me. And this word knowledge, epignosis, back to the precise and correct knowledge of who God is. So if you take these things, these definitions, and you say, this is, this is my bringing all that stuff together, okay? If these things abound in you, you won't be lazy and shunning the labor you ought to perform, and you won't be barren and not yielding the fruit that you ought to yield. So if these things that he's talked about, right, that we're supposed to add, we're supposed to grow in, if these things abound in you, if these things are in you, you won't be lazy and just sitting around and doing nothing. You'll get up and go because this stuff of God is going to be living inside of you and you just got to move. You got to do. You got to talk to somebody. You got to share who he is. You, you just got to, got to walk with God and talk with him. You got to move with him. You got to, got to be used by him. So if these things abound in you, then you're going to move. You're not going to be lazy. And when you're not lazy and you're walking with God, you're, you're going to be fruitful. You won't be unfruitful because you're walking and talking and moving with God and you're being used by Him and allowing Him to, to teach you and to, to grow you. Allowing Him to, to give you what you need to be fruitful and then you will bear fruit. But it says, nor barren, not barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge. And in this in this perfect and correct understanding of God. It brings it, brings it back around and says, mm, I don't know. okay, 
trying to debate like how or how. Okay. Sometimes we think we're fruitful. But is, in, is it in the perfect and correct knowledge of God? Is it what He wants? Is it what He has asked you to do? Does it line up with who He is? Does it show who He is to those around you when they see that fruit? Or does it show who you are when they see fruit? Then he says, he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. If we, if we lack these things, it's not just kind of like, oh, well, I guess, that, you know, don't see a little fruit in my life. But, but if we haven't come to this place where on top of the faith, we've added virtue. On top of the virtue, we've added uh, knowledge and, and perseverance and godliness and uh, brotherly kindness and love. If, we, if, if these things aren't added, to our faith, and they don't abound in us. It's not just that we're, you know, hey, not bearing enough fruit. He even goes, he, he turns it around, because I think maybe he thought, you know, you're going to be like, okay, well, I'm not at that, that place yet, but he said if these things don't happen and they're not the way that God wants, you're even short-sighted and actually blind. I don't know about you. I took that a little hard. I was like, hey, hey, don't speak so hard. You know, when somebody says something and it's a little harsh, and you're like, hey, soften that up a bit, you know? Like, take it easy. Shots fired. <laughs> but I feel like, and again, what I said last week was he, he speaks even just a little bit after this about, he's like, listen, these things I want to give to you because I'm not going to be here that much longer. He's like, look, I know because God has told me that, that this tent that I live in, I'm not going to be living in it that much longer. He said, if I can tell you a couple of things, these are the things that I want to tell you. To live this way, to have these things added to you, for, for them to abound in you. He says, don't be blind. Don't be short-sighted. Don't be just looking right in front of you, right? I mean, in that way, short-sighted. Don't be just looking at what's happening right here, right in front of you, and forget that there's eternity. This day means nothing to eternity. When we're short-sighted, when he's saying short-sighted and blind, he's like saying just looking right in front of you and trying to deal with that and that. And I'm not really, you know... Hey, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. But when I look at eternity, I don't even really care about today. I will walk through this, right? I will have the perseverance when I see eternity, when I see Him, and not just see the day that I'm living in. He says, don't be short-sighted. Being unable to see God and only seeing yourself. 
verse 10 and 11. First Peter, second Peter, I mean, 1, 10 and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, be diligent to make your call and election sure. God has called you. He has chosen you. He says, I want you to be in my family. I want to have this relationship. You are my son and my daughter. I have called you. I've brought you in, right? Like, I've brought you to this place, and I, I want you. You're my son and my daughter. I love you. But be sure to make that. It's not that it's not clear to God. But be sure to make that clear to yourself. That God has called you. That He has chosen you. By coming to the place where you're not just riddled with all these thoughts and emotions and all these things, but you have the virtue, you have the faith, you have the perseverance, you have all these things. That you know who God is and you know that He has called you by name. He says, because if you do this, if you do these things, you will never stumble. It says an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly. You know, in, in this, it, it's, it gives you this picture. And I'm going to close with this. It gives you this picture. Of this entrance into you, right? When, to eternity. But he doesn't just say, you're going to make it. But he says abundant, right? It will be supplied to you. An entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting. It's interesting he says abundantly. But this picture that you get, like when, when you read this, you kind of study it out, it's, it's like you're not going to, he says, don't, you don't want to stumble. If you do these things, you won't stumble. And I, and I like pictures. So the picture I kind of draw up or like the little, little uh, you know, video clip is that like there's a possibility to actually stumble into or be almost being dragged into heaven. Like, yeah, you love God, you trust him, you have faith in who he is and, 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 and you know, you're, you're just, but you're just barely making it and you're like, God, and I just, you know, every day is, is a struggle and, and every day you just don't know if you're going to make it through and you're like sometimes having, having trouble, having faith. God, do, are you there? You know, do you see me? Do you love me? Have you, you know, all these things and you're just kind of like, ah, you know, and it's like, boom, oh, goodness, I just tripped into heaven. Thank God. But he says, no, if you do these things, if you're diligent at these things and, and come to this place with God, it's not going to be like that. No, it's going to be like this abundant entrance, you know? What's that picture? Like? I, I don't know. You're going to be like leaping over buildings, just jumping over walls, you know? You're like, woo, and the gates, they're, they're pearly, and, and there's trumpets, and, and like, woo, he made it. And you're like, Pow. 
when you fly through, you know, I don't know. But you got to have a picture, right? But that's, that's what I'm saying, you know? You get those two pictures? One of them, you're like, uh, did I make it yet? And the other one, you know, you're like Superman. You're flying in. You're like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, and they're like, woo! That's what I want. And that's what he's saying here. That's what he says. He's like, that's what you want to do, man. That's how you want to get there. I don't want to get there and say, like, every single day of my life, I was crawling. I want to get there and got to be like, woo, buddy, you were doing it. You were moving. You were flying. You were doing what I was asking you to do. You were, you were listening to me, and you were, you were moving, and you were doing, you know? And you're like, yeah, that's right, you know? See my cape? You know, I'm going. That's what he's saying here. Let's, let's see eternity and, and enter it. Not be like, I'm going to get there someday, but be like, man, I'm going to conquer every single day with God and live like he's asking me to live. And I'm going to get there. And when I get there, they're going to cheer and say, "Woo! look at you. That's what he's saying. He said, get there that way. If you do these things, just add, add to your faith these things. Come into a better understanding. Come to this place, right, where, the, where you have this correct understanding, this perfect understanding. And that, word, that word perfect, uh, used other places in the Bible, so it, it means complete. Not half understandings of who God is. But having complete, perfect, correct knowledge of God. That your life may abound. That your entrance into heaven may abound. That God can use you and others can come to know him through you because the life you live is incredible. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.